Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. It's true. I am in Boston. I am at my partner's parents' house right now. Mm-hmm. And you know how I'm doing today? How? Not well. You know why? Why? Because my partner insisted on having two dogs sleep in our bed last night, and I did not sleep. And I literally cried this morning because I was like, why did, why did you do that to us? <laughs> How did it affect your sleep? Um, because the fucking little tiny dog was crawling all over me all night. It would wake me up in the middle of the night with his face in my face, just going. <sighs> and I was like, <laughs> go to sleep. I, I, but it was like the kind of thing where you're like too tired to actually do anything about it. Like I should have just like gone and slept on the couch, <laughs> but I was too sleepy to do that. But like woke up without enough sleep to feel okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How are you doing? I also have not been sleeping well the past couple of days. A, because my allergies just beat me in the fucking face this week. I don't know what happened. What is going on with them? Yeah, to the point where I was like, okay, I fully have COVID. This is it. I've taken a home test like every day and it has been negative. But if I sound even more nasally than usual, it is because my entire sinus kind of allergy response system has been fully in like fight mode, battle mode all week. My nose has been a steady hose. My my <laughs> chest has been, you know, kind of coffee. That has been the latest manifestation. Mm. Anyway, I'm doing great. You're, you're clearly doing great. We're all <laughs> doing great. What is coming up on today's episode? Well, we're going to kick things off as always with Horse Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into our favorite time of year, Daylight Savings Time. Uh. Bro, listen, this bitch is about to destroy the next six months of my life, and I'm going to get into all the reasons why I absolutely hate it, why we should not have it. Um, Just kidding. It's not that well thought out. I'm just going to scream about the time for like 10 minutes. And finally, we've got author, podcast host, YouTuber, Connor Franta on the pod as our guest complainer. We get into why overhead lighting is the worst, the audacity of people wearing open-toed shoes on airplanes, and his new book, and so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. 
All right, worst things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, I'm just going to read the beginning of this story verbatim because the way that um, AP laid it out, beautiful. I'm strapping in. Story time with Matt. Let's do this. Colin and Donna Craig Brown were weeding their garden in New Zealand when Colin's hoe struck something huge. (laughs) Her name's Donna. Okay, let's be real. Classic joke. Um, When Colin's hoe struck something huge just beneath the soil surface, as the couple knelt down and began digging around the object, Colin wondered if it was some kind of strange fungal growth. So what did he do? He pried it out with his garden fork. Don't know what that is. <laughs> then he scratched away a bit and tasted it. Nope, that's not what you do. And then you know what happened? He died. No. No, he didn't. R.I.P. Colin. Colin Craig Brown and Donna. Donna. Anyway, turns out this thing was a monster potato. They dug the entire (laughs) thing up and discovered it was quite possibly the largest potato ever seen. Literally, it may be the largest potato ever on record. It weighs 17 and a half pounds. Wow. Anyway, this potato is huge. Um, And now it's become something of a local celebrity (laughs) around their small town. They've named it Doug after the way it was unearthed. And um, Colin even built a small cart to tow Doug around. Well, that's just adorable. (laughs) According to uh, Colin. Spud dad of the year. We put a hat on him. We put him (laughs) on Facebook, taking him for a walk. Giving him some sunshine. I thought potatoes famously don't like sunshine. I thought, in fact, they grow in the ground and then you're supposed to keep them in a cooler, dark place. Potatoes are actually terrifying. If anybody (laughs) like me has ever bought potatoes and then completely neglected them, they grow the most monstrous offshoots. Oh, yeah. They just keep doing their thing long after you take them out of the ground and home from the grocery store. It is so scary to me. Wasn't that an episode of Goosebumps where there was like a a, a devil potato? <gasps> I don't the, like, know. Like haunted spud. But I would watch that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a Goosebumps episode. Goosebumps potato episode. <laughs> um, the Lynx resembles a potato except it has a mouth and jagged teeth okay so this is the lynx <laughs> ew uh, it's so scary oh that is actually terrifying that is just full on it's from an episode called it came from beneath the sink <laughs> this is how it starts anyway uh the couple they say they've now uh, applied to have doug officially recognized by guinness But yeah, the problem is Doug is starting to dry out and it's starting to grow mold and getting getting smelly because, yeah, they're treating it like a cart around a giant potato (laughs) in a wagon in the direct sunlight. It's probably not going to end well. So now they put Doug in the freezer and he's keep they're They're keeping him there. Um, And Cullen now says that he may turn Doug into vodka. Hey. Cheers to that, you know? That's the circle of life. We're all going to end up alcohol someday. Rest in peace, dog. Okay, next. Also in New Zealand, a resident made an emergency call to police and asked them to come immediately to their house. The caller? A four-year-old boy who is asking police to check out his toys. (laughs) What? And guess what? They went and checked them out. Oh, my God. Um, so police shared um, what happened on this call, uh, along with a photo of the smiling boy sitting on the hood of a patrol cruiser, um, noting that they do not encourage children to call the emergency number with not emergencies, but that right. this one was too cute not to share. Okay, I guess I guess there's just a, a, a you can get away with breaking the law if you're cute enough. Throw this kid in jail. Yeah, lock him <laughs> up is what I say. Put this kid in <laughs> handcuffs. You think it's funny to call the police? Just look at your shit toys. Grow up. Anyway, the call begins with the operator saying, "This is the police. Where's the emergency? No, not Australian, not New Zealand." 
this is police. Where's the emergency? Emergency. Oh, Jesus. Just just read the damn thing. <laughs> this is police. Where's the emergency? And then there's a pause, and the boy says, Hi, police lady? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's going on? Um, Can I tell you something? I've got some toys for you. <laughs> the operator <Okay. laughs> says, you've got some toys for me? And the boy says, yep. Come over and see them. Okay, I'm sorry. But at this point, I think the police should be sending like an entire SWAT team because clearly this is a trap. Yeah, this is a boy distress call, okay? <laughs> this is what you say when you're being held for ransom. And the, <laughs> the, the people are watching you and you have to come up with something to say to throw off the scent. Um, so the dispatch person sent out, um, whatever, a, a bat signal and was like, there's this four year old who was wanting to show police his toys. And some police officer was like, I'm on it. And so they sent a thing. So they sent a police over to look at all of the boys toys. And, um, yeah, <laughs> the police officer said, quote, he did have cool toys, <laughs> <laughs> but they did give him an important chat a good educational chat about the proper use of the emergency number. So yeah, maybe he'll fucking think twice. Make him spend the night in jail is what I say. Yeah. And finally, also in New Zealand. Damn. In New Zealand. Controversy. Because for 16 years running, New Zealand has hosted a famous bird of the year contest. And this year's winner announced last week, this was all over Twitter, caused a bit of a stir because the 2021 bird of the year is a bat. What the heck? Not even a bird. <sighs> Honestly, fuck birds. This is a repudiation of birds. Okay. <laughs> birds have been getting away with far too much for the past <laughs> Two years, frankly. This is what you fucking get. How fun getting overshadowed by something that's not even a bird in your own contest, in your own game. Anyway, this is the first non-bird to win the award of Bird of the Year. And it's angering a bunch of bird experts who are like, yeah, this is a stolen election. <laughs> so, so the bat won by about 7,000 votes. Damn, a lot of people fucking vote in this, I guess. Yeah. And it's been, this contest has gotten controversy before because in 2019, there was allegations of rigged polls and Russian meddling. What? <laughs> and they had to do like an audit of it. <laughs> and the organizers said like, no, we don't think it's meddling. We think it's just genuine votes coming from Russian bird enthusiasts. So it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, they take this bird of the year shit seriously. Damn. This particular bat is a small species that is referred to as a long-tailed bird or a pika pika toroa. Mm -hmm. It's hardly bigger than a thumb. What? And it's one of the rarest mammals in the world. Oh, that does sound really cute. Yeah. And it's super like under threat of extinction, especially because bats famously got rather maligned in the last year or so for causing a certain possible pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, New Zealand is like all of you bird lovers can take a seat because bats need our help they need the publicity and also this is a fake contest for bird of the year so <laughs> there's really no winners all of us are losers and um grow up <laughs> and that's it for this week's worst things first if you want to hear and see even more unhappy hour shit including bonus stories from this weekend every week, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash You'll get video of bonus stories and a special separate podcast feed. It's basically bonus episodes that show up. Rent your podcast app every single week. Head to Patreon, patreon.com slash Also, it's a great way to support me and support the show. So do it. And next... We're diving deep into Daylight Saving Time. Even though it should be Daylight Savings Time. But it's not technically. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. 
deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. So this past weekend, once again, our clocks fell behind an hour because some poopy pants pilgrim decided 200 years ago that he wanted to save money on candles or some shit. And now we all have to fucking suffer. Seriously, I was like, where did the shit come from? And I Wikipedia searched it because that is the depth of research that I do. And apparently one of the first like documented arguments for daylight saving time was from noted fuckboy Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> who was like, oh, if we change our clocks to match when the sun comes up, we won't have to spend so much money on fucking candles. And it's like, Okay, you could have kept your musty ass dick out of everyone's business, Benji, and shut the fuck up. But now thanks to you and your fucking bifocals, I'm going to have depression for six months. Even worse than I already do. Actually, yeah, it turns out that Benjamin Franklin suggested daylight saving time as a joke to make fun of French people, which is understandable. What? Um, <laughs> the first real proposal came from a guy from guess where New Zealand. What? <laughs> There's too much of them today. Who wanted more daylight so he could study bugs. Fucking nerd. You fucking nerd. This is why <laughs> fucking New Zealand. Okay. This goddamn nerd was like, I need more sun to study my fucking centipedes. And now we all have to fucking suffer. The point is that our clocks and when we wake up and we go to sleep should try to match when the sun is up and when the sun goes down. And the problem in the winter is that the sun is just not doing its goddamn job. Okay. <laughs> we try to act like, oh, it's the clocks that are the problem. No, no. The clocks are just caught up in the war against the true enemy, which is the fucking sun. Okay? Because the problem is, for all of winter, that giant, hot, gassy bitch is coming into work late and leaving early and making sure the rest of us are left to deal with the aftermath of their fucking laziness. And I know it's like, oh, actually, when it's winter in North America and it's summertime... And I know it's it's like, oh, actually, when it's winter in North America and the days are short in like Australia, the days are long and it's summer. So actually, it's like the sun is always on the job. Um, and like, no, fuck off. OK, sorry. But who won both world wars? Was it Australia? I don't think so. I don't even know if they were involved. Also, where do we live? America. Yeah. And that's where the sun should be prioritizing her work. If the sun is playing favorites, she better start shining brighter in the US of A. Okay. Also, let's be honest, who's more likely to suffer from severe crippling depression induced by lack of sunlight? Is it Australia with their with their hot people in Tim Tams? Oh, I fucking love Tim Tams. Or is it the United States? A burning pile of misery and despair. And no Tim Tams. And no Tim Tams. Anyway, so I figure I'll use this deep dive to just rail against the fucking sun because the sun is a piece of shit. First, why is the sun out and my titties are still freezing? <laughs> Come closer to earth, you dickhole. Bitch, it's it's not enough for you to just show up, okay? The sun can be fully out in the wintertime and it's still freezing outside. You can't just show up and say, oh, my work is done. That's why the sun is a slacktivist, okay? He thinks he could just wow. post his little black square on Instagram and, oh, I did my part. That's all. I showed up. And it's like, no, you didn't, okay? You got put in the work, you can't just come to the office and sit around and do nothing and call it a day. Baby, where are the results? Okay. I want to see the results. My skin is flaking off. My breath is solid. Do your job. This is all because of the supply chain. Okay. It's all the sun. It's like, oh, I'm going to take off work because if nobody else is working, then I don't have to either. Maybe you should pay me more. And it's like, okay, we pay you enough, the sun. They keep saying it's an employee's market right now. The sun is just exercising his rights. Yeah. 
I'm anti-union when it comes to the sun. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else unionize, bargain collectively, take down corporate America. Capitalism is the devil. Um, but the sun can eat my ass. <laughs> also, the sun has way too much control over my emotions. Okay. We just have an abusive, emotionally dependent relationship. I should not be depending this much on a flaming ball of gas for my own happiness. Okay. The fact that <laughs> if the sun decides to just take the day off, I will spiral into um, a pit of inability to do absolutely anything. Unforgivable. The fact that we have had to create fake sun in order to make us happy is upsetting. And also how much you want to bet that the sun is actually in on it. Okay. The sun is getting profits from the fake sun lights. Yeah. Let's look at how much stock the sun owns in seasonal affective disorder UV lights. Okay. Yeah. Where's the UV coming from? Saying. Where do they get the UV for the UV lights? <laughs> it all comes from the sun somewhere probably. Next, understand your angles, honey. Like the sun can be fully outside and somehow I'm not getting direct sunlight even when I'm in the middle of the in the middle of the road. It's like in the summertime, okay, if my if my blinds are shut, my curtains are drawn, I understand it's dark in my my room. And then sometimes I'll open up the curtains and be like, oh shit, it's super bright in here. Why was I sitting in depressive darkness? But now wintertime is coming. I have my windows fully open. The, the curtains are, are stretched, gaping wide. And I see the sun is out. No sunlight. It's like, like a cave in here. Also, let's face it. Okay, I think the sun is being a bitch because we don't worship him like we used to. Sorry. Interesting. Sorry we're not awed by your presence like the fucking cavemen were. Okay. Oh, sorry we we found out you're not actually God. And, and <laughs> now we expect you to actually do shit, like warm us up. Or we're not just happy that you chose to rise again in the morning and bless us with your presence. No, we found out that mommy is actually Santa Claus. And guess what? <gasps> we expect better presence now. I'm just, I'm blowing the shit wide open. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. The sun exposed. The sun is also like, okay, I guess I'll literally burn your skin off. Okay. Because the sun is a petty motherfucker. You can't just behave yourself, can you? You got to be a spiteful piece of shit. It's never like, oh, oh, let me just sit here and give you some warmth of, 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 a, of a decent amount so that you can get your vitamin D and not freeze your toenails off. And then oh, I'll just go to sleep for an appropriate amount of time and get up in the morning when you need me. No, the sun's got to go from one extreme to the other. Either I'm gasping for my life because the tips of my nipples are frozen into icicles as sharp as knives or I'm sweating my balls off while my skin boils from the inside out. Pick a lane, preferably in the middle, uh, sun. In conclusion, fuck the sun. I'm not going to put up with his shit for the next six months. Let's rally together. And if we all aim a snowball right at a stupid face, I feel like we can do some damage, okay? I feel like if we all really focus our energy collectively over the course of the next six months, we can make the sun regret it. But also, um, if the sun chose to even move like an inch closer to Earth, we would all absolutely be evaporated. Anyway, that's it for this week's deep dive. What an insane deep dive it was. Next! We got Connor Franta on the pod right after this commercial break. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. 
Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code Odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. My gas complainer today got his start on YouTube all the way back in 2010. Now he has five million subscribers. If that's not impressive enough, he got he co-founded a record label, launched his own coffee brand, clothing line, is an incredible photographer, and his third book just came out. Welcome, Connor Franta. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited. I feel like, yeah, we've we've never met. Our our paths have maybe I my editor for my book i think also edited your book jante yes did you work oh with my... her at some point yes yeah i love jante she's the best i didn't yeah. know that it's been a while but you know oh i still keep i still keep up i follow her instagram we chat all the time <laughs> she's she's great she's fantastic yeah i do love those types of people that are like you know you you may work with them for a little bit and then no longer but like because of the internet, you're now deeply ingrained in every detail of their lives. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was on a podcast the other week talking about parasocial relationships. Uh-huh. And one of like the facets of it that we got into was not was the fact that I had some like now we know everything about our friends, especially if we work in the, the social space. So I'll be like, listening to my friend's podcast or watching my friend's YouTube video right. or X, Y, and Z. And I realize I now know something about my friend that they didn't personally tell me. And they're probably going to bring up next time I see them because yeah. it's significant. And do I pretend like I don't already know? <laughs> yeah, I know. That is so, I feel like the word parasocial relationships has come up more and more and more. I see it all the time. It's like, you don't know this person, but you know... You feel like you know them. Yes. Like you could you could be in a parasocial relationship with any anyone that you don't know. So it could be the weather, the weatherman. Right. It could be just anyone that you know more about that they don't know that you know that yeah. about them. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I am definitely embarrassed by how many people that applies. Yes. Like, yes, I definitely, there are so many people where I'm like, I shouldn't know this much about you. I'll match with someone on a dating app and be like, I need to know everything immediately. I've had to stop myself. <laughs> I don't know if you do the same thing. Oh, I mean, without a doubt. I also okay, wonder, good. it's like, it's that thing where, where I'm like, I hope no one's Googling me. And then I'm like, bitch, you're such a hypocrite. <laughs> you Google them. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Right. I just feel like it's better to assume that they don't know anything. I don't know. There's no right way to do it. I guess you just have to assume, yeah, this person has Googled you and I have Googled them and I know the name of their dog from 1985. Like, yeah. I just think we're in the when we're in the age of true crime and it's not because I'm I'm that curious about you ahead of time. It's more I'm like, what? I just don't want to accidentally find myself sitting across from the next Ted Bundy. Like that's, that's fair. truly more. That's what a it is. better reason to do it than than mine, which is just kind of yeah, rampant <laughs> curiosity. <laughs> well, we like to ask, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? 
I don't know if everyone else loves it, but we I don't think we discuss it enough that uh-huh. o- over, overhead lighting should be outlawed. Yes. Over, overhead lighting <laughs> should be illegal, especially when it's the only option. Absolutely. Like it, is, it is absolutely, it, nothing looks good in it. It makes every situation feel infinitely less pleasant. And yeah. I, anytime I'm within a situation of just overhead, like I was at a restaurant the other night and I was like, oh, this food is so beautiful. I'm going to take an Instagram pic of it. It uh-huh. was pure overhead lighting. And I go to take a beautiful pic, shadow cast over the food. And I know that sounds very petty of me, but it was infinitely annoying because I couldn't capture this beautiful meal in this beautiful restaurant. Right. And there, there was no way around it. It looked, it looked hideous. <laughs> As I'm saying that out loud, I hate myself. <laughs> I mean, I have thought this so many times and I, I will draw the binary and say that this is often a straight people issue. You go into a straight person's house and they just have not, have not made the switch. And Gay people often know, um, or people who are not strictly straight often know, you got to have good lighting, okay? We have to install some lamps. Definitely. I mean, there's yeah. nothing... It's an easy fix, but it's also just something, like you said, gay people are more fixated on. <laughs> we are allergic to overhead lighting, and I don't know what it is. We I guess we care about aesthetics more. Yeah, we know, yeah, how you have to kind of arrange arrange things to... to present our best selves yeah so that's my um that's my most shallow thing that i hate (laughs) well the other part of it is i feel like it's totally valid this is the space for the type of shallow complaints but i i don't i don't think it's even that shallow this is this is a huge issue i was listening to a recent episode of your podcast where you were talking about melatonin induced nightmares oh yes yes (laughs) so so i recently um I, I like I I, tr- I have an addictive I feel like I have an addictive personality so I'm trying not mm-hmm. to feed into that I have no proof it's probably just a fear of mine you know one of the many uh, so I I take melatonin sometimes because I have a, a lot of sleeping issues just like a really active mm-hmm. brain um, and recently I was like well what if I just like had little bites of it like I just had like a little tasting me- I didn't have the full thing so like I just have little bites before I go to bed. So it's in some uh-huh. way that makes me feel like there's no way to be addicted if I'm having just a little bit, which is actually <laughs> the definition of an addict. God, Jesus. So you're okay. microdosing melatonin. Hey, okay. In the hopes of, yeah. Suddenly it sounds chic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, you are cutting edge, okay? I'm a genius. I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> so I was taking little bites of it mm-hmm. and it was inducing these like, ridiculously vivid dreams and i dream every night but something about adding just like a microdose of melatonin to it this new kind of melatonin uh-huh. was making everything so vivid like i had one where it was truly like i was in a film i was like at a cafe with friends and we looked up into the sky and the sky started exploding in fire and i was like in an action movie i swear there were like red cameras on me sprinting through <laughs> the cities all of a sudden we were in paris I was like pushing uh-huh. my friends into safe places, running away from the sky. It was crazy. And I've, I don't normally have dreams like that. So so now yeah, your dreams are just fully in 4K now. <laughs> Tom Cruise is starring in them. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And yet and now I'm like, oh, no, maybe the, I like the melatonin. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I've never taken melatonin And I'm the same way where I'm like, I just feel like I have an addictive personality. I know that if I start something, I'm going to go like all in and melatonin will like become my personality. Mm -hmm. Does it like, do you feel like it really helps? Um, So I've always had issues sleeping my entire life. And I have a feeling there's something genetic about it because my dad has issues as well. It's just like mm. a, a you know really active brains. Basically, when I lay down, I truly feel like I can't stop thinking. I don't know how people right. just fall asleep. I can't just do that. So I have yeah. I have a whole routine before I go to bed of like winding down and turning off my mm-hmm. like dimming the lights slowly and like sl- closing <laughs> my eyes slowly and like turning off my ears slowly. It's it's a whole thing. It's psychotic, but it works. Yeah. And um yeah, so I don't. I melatonin is like the last resort usually of it's not working. I still keep mm-hmm. thinking and can't calm down. So I'll just like pop a little one and usually it kind of works. 
Yeah, that is one thing that I will bitch about, which is people who are able to just fall asleep, like just put your head on a pillow and fall asleep. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand how a brain works like that. I don't either. It must it, it there's it's there's got to be something healthy about it. There's got to the fact that you can just like <laughs> switch off and go into right. hibernation. Yeah. Like my dad can I have so many vivid memories. My dad was like the ma- as much as he couldn't sleep at night, he was the master of just the 10 minutes. So he would like uh-huh. kick back in a chair and be like just give me 10 and he'd fall asleep instantly. And then Yeah, during the day I can probably do that. Really? I've never napped a day in my life. How do you do, how? <laughs> What? I know. You never nap? Like, no, it is truly, it is the rarest thing ever. I can't do it. See, that's probably why I can't sleep at night is because I sleep so much throughout the day that by the time it comes, you know, time to actually go to bed, I'm like, all right, my brain has no idea what time it actually is. We figured your issue out. Okay, that's definitely (laughs) it. Oh, that is just scratching the surface. There are plenty of other issues at play here. You drop a scroll. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, my other thing is people who can fall asleep on airplanes, I don't understand. I can never do it, and... I don't get how people fall asleep sitting up in general. I, again, I... No, yeah. The, I... I have zero clue. I mean, don't get me started on airplanes. The other day I sent out a tweet and I was shocked at how many people didn't dis- didn't agree with me. Should it be oh. punishable by death or not to wear open-toed flip-flops on an airplane? <laughs> Tell me. You could have ended that with so many things, <laughs> uh, that setup, and I was on board to say, kill, kill, kill. Kill them. Um, okay, if you wear open-toed shoes or sandals, I don't mind it. Unless you're taking them off and then we have a problem. See, and that's what I think. I think it leads people to those scenarios. I think if you have flip flops on specifically, not like Birkenstocks or not like a a woman or not like a person wearing heels, I should say. But when it's just like a tiny little piece of rubber and then your entire foot on top of it, I'm like, I do not need to see that. I do not need that (laughs) any chance of that coming near me because you know that those are the type of people that are going to put it up and put it through the seat, and it's going to be near your face. Are you okay with seeing that, like, in the wild? Or is it just the setting of an airplane? I think the setting of an airplane, it's incredibly inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking, I'm, like, not a huge sandal person to begin with, um, just in general. And my Halloween costume involves some sandals this year. And I'm very weirded out by going out in public with a barely covered shoe, like foot. Just a mod- a modest big toe. She's barely draped. You're like, oh no, she needs yeah, to be I'm like, I have to like really pay attention to what my toes look like. Yeah, you'll have to get a, a pedicure or something. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, I guess you just got back from your book tour. I'm still uh, in New York, actually. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. Hence the like shaky setup for anyone that's watching. I'm like, just, I'm I'm barely pulling it together only because it's all stuff that was in my suitcase still on the road Uh type of a deal. So I'm like, I got this. I can do this. Uh, Well, how how has it been? Tell me all about it. You did how many cities? New York was the last one. Yeah, we did six cities and one like global virtual tour stop. So seven, seven days in total. And it was really, it was really just different to be on the road for the first time in a couple of years uh, because of the, yeah. the panoramic of it all. And to mm-hmm. be in so many different geographical locations, I was in, you know, Los Angeles to Minneapolis to Houston to Orlando to, you know, so like really different climates, different types of people. Like it was, I really felt like I got a, a U.S. tour <laughs> out in a week. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, your third book just came out. I have I have my copy that was sent to me. Um, I, I read all of it. It is sort of a, a, a combo of of essays, poems, photography. You're you're yeah, doing it I, all. Yeah, I really enjoy being flexible in the in the medium at which I'm presenting the story. I think it I think it allows for many different ways for the reader to understand or really step into my shoes in the situation so luckily i i you know i write long form i write short form i take photos and it just kind of really brings the viewer into the situation i'm trying to depict and 
frankly, it's just like more fun to write that way. I, I find since I'm I'm juggling so many different mediums within, you know, like anything from video to audio to um, photography, it just makes it more fun to switch up whatever I'm feeling in that moment. Be like, OK, I'm going to create in that way, in that realm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's it, it's it's fun. It's it's more exciting to to read through something that has that variety, especially for someone like me who my attention span has all but <laughs> dissipated in the last year. So, you know, it's nice to have a break from just a block of text. Mine as well. I can um I went through a phase during the last couple of years where I couldn't even watch like any films or any new films, anything anything beyond like yeah. 30 minutes or honestly anything new in general. My brain could not sit there and and take in the new content. It had to be something I've seen 50 times and can just like uh-huh. zone out while watching. What is your like comfort repeat show? Um, comfort repeat show. I feel like my repeat movies are a lot of like the Studio Ghibli films, like uh, A Spirited Away, you know, mm-hmm, Kiki's mm-hmm. Delivery Service, House Moving Castle. Those just like any any time I need to feel comforted, I'll throw one of those on or inspired because they're so they're so vibrant and colorful Got and it. childish, but also really kind of scary at times too. So they check all the boxes for me. Yeah, I'm always like, I don't know. I like a TV show that I know I've seen a thousand times, but also has like 300 episodes that I can just, I never have to think about what to put on. It's just like, I know I'll just put that on. It'll be on in Which the Which one is it? Are you like The Office or... Uh... 30 Rock is probably my favorite, although it is... It is I don't know. With every passing day, I'm I discover some new like cringe worthy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> Tina Fey, she's she really is testing me. It's it, that that's the thing. Yeah. And it's, you it becomes that way for almost everyone. I don't know how anyone ever lives like a full on celebrity life without doing something that makes me start to loathe them in some way. They really it has to be the ones that don't participate in social media so there's almost no way to add that extra ammo (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like you've done a pretty good job of having been on the internet and been like a kind of public figure on the internet for a long time and now it does feel like one of the major currencies on youtube especially is just like i don't know getting into a full-blown fight with someone else to the point where they're just digging up every horrible thing you've ever said and i feel I feel like you've mostly avoided that pretty much yeah i uh, i don't know <laughs> if that's by i don't know if that's a nature or nurture thing like i don't know if that's just how i how how i was raised by my mother and my father right or if i'm just lucky but no i know isn't that funny i'll every other day i'm like i can't imagine sitting down to film a video about someone else and like trying to expose them or or knowing that they're going to rebuttal and like preparing my dissertation of like okay they're probably going to bring up this part of me so i need to prepare my it's just like such a strange world for people to live in <laughs> yeah it does feel like the people they forget that that second part which is like if you're going to go hard for someone you better do just as much research on yourself. You need to hire a PI and make sure everything that you've ever said is unimpeachable cuz they'll they'll come after you. Oh for sure. Yeah, you have to be you have to be shameless and just be ready that it's going to cuz no one's going to just no one posts one video against someone else and there's never it's radio silence. Never. That's yeah. never happened. No. It becomes like a multi-part series that is back and forth. Do I watch it? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I like that it's now taken it's all taken a new form too. There's like the the Trisha Paytas of it all where she like gets on TikTok and she makes like a hundred TikToks about it. And I'm like <laughs> queen of monetization. Like she's just like, I'm a I'm not only like some people are afraid to make the one video, <laughs> they're like, I'm just I'm gonna make I'm gonna make five hundred of them. Yeah. Trisha is on top of it. <laughs> Every medium. Um, so other, other things in your book, one thing I'll, I'll take issue with, um, that you've also talked about on your podcast is your affinity for running, which I, I cannot understand (laughs) anybody who gets joy from writing or from running is foreign or for writing. Honestly, it's kind of a pain, 
also writing. Yeah, that was a Freudian slip, but I fully mean that also. It's a it's a painful <laughs> medium. No, I know. I, I was going to present that to you as the opposite of your question of something I love that everyone hates, and that's running. Uh, we used yeah. to have t-shirts in high school when I was on the cross country team that said something, something horrible. I would never wear it now, obviously, but it's something like my sport, my sport is your sports punishment or something, which is the truth though. <laughs> uh-huh. It was always like, run a lap, yeah. run a lap. You got to run a lap if you've done something wrong versus we're out there doing five miles every day in high school. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I liked it or why I still like it, but I do. Yeah, maybe it is just the, I mean, this is true of so many different things, but the way that it was presented in high school was like, I mean, the fact that we had to run at all in high school, it's like, let's take time in the middle of your day when you are the most hormonal, your body is going to excrete the like worst possible smells to just run around and then you have to continue on with the rest of your day. Like that really primed me, especially to be like, I'll never run again. I know. And as if like a, a, a 30 minute, 45 minute class can complete, like I, it was always got, it was always the disguise of health. And I'm like, oh yeah, like a 30, 45 minutes where you're doing like one mile that really is going to depict the health of a teenager. <laughs> it just, it really is just embarrassing for everyone, whether you're good or bad at it. Nobody wants to be like either or in, in no, health yeah. class or in uh, physical education. And I was categorically bad at it. The, the one time we had to run, our, our track was like one fourth of a mile. So you did four laps to get to one mile. And I ran it so slowly that when I finished my third lap, it was like, as everybody else was finishing their fourth lap. So I got to just be like, all right, oh, I did oh, it. No, I was the opposite. <laughs> I was the one finishing first. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you were the one making me look especially bad. I hate to put it on myself, but there was a level of embarrassment with being good at it too because the the physical ed- education teacher, coach, whatever they were, they would always like point me uh-huh. out as like, everybody look to Connor. He's the one that's going to run the mile good, really good. He's going to do good at this. And I'm like, I, I don't want that attention. I simply don't need that right now. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm so good at running that everybody. I was, I was like, like you said, I was such like an awkward, gross, disgusting teenager. I'm like, nobody look at me. Like, I don't want to be looked at. <laughs> but I mean, the fact that you're still like, you know, you're still at it. You're still, you're still getting joy from it. I mean, that is, that's something. It's where my best ideas come to me uh, on, on a serious note. I don't run with my phone or with headphones in. So I, it's kind of like my time mm-hmm. to meditate in a strange way. Um, not that I'm really into yeah. meditating outside of it, but I do feel like I fall into a rhythmic process with the the motion of running and everything and like the pacing of it all. So I usually right. just fall into this trance of ideas and like almost like a dream state where I'm conceptualizing something and then I get back from the run and I have about like three minutes to write down whatever it is that I was thinking about the whole time. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. gone forever. Never again. I'll go for long walks. I don't I don't mind a, a casual walk, but even that I'm like, I need to have something my phone or a notebook or because those thoughts will go away immediately it's like a dream in the morning if you don't write it down immediately you'll 100 percent forget it within seconds it's very similar i also heard you um talking about how you went for a run along i think you said the east side of manhattan which is not the side to go on a run on by the way <laughs> so if nobody else has corrected you allow me i prefer running on the, <laughs> the west side, side much yeah, better yeah, yeah. It's much, yeah, it's much more active over there. On the east side, I feel like I'm just like dodging things constantly, like random people, random yeah. objects, random <laughs> garbage, just, just industrial industrial <laughs> things, anything is possible over there. Or the other day I was I was running and there was just, it was so gusty that I couldn't even run because I was running straight into the wind. And I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know which which river in New York has the worst reputation because I feel like they're both disgusting and anybody there was I think like month one of the pandemic there was a TikTok of some woman diving into one of the rivers and everyone was like this is (laughs) this is worse than getting COVID you you 
are patient zero for the next pandemic because of Without this. Without a doubt. So at least you get a better view next to the death water <laughs> when you run along the west side. It's fun to people watch, especially in New York while I'm running up and down the streets. You just, it's it's a new story every day. I love, again, I love a little eavesdrop too. It's, it's you, you really like find ways to entertain yourself when you're out there alone. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, New York is is pretty great for for people watching. Mostly out of like survival, like you kind of have to watch people because <laughs> you never know what what they're gonna whip out. <laughs> what they're gonna whip out? Anything's possible. It could be a weapon. It could be a body part. You <laughs> never know. I'm just worried I'm gonna get hit by a car, even when I'm not running. I'm just constantly on edge, even though I know the drivers here are much better. Like L.A., they'll hit you and they'll go and they won't even realize they've hit you. Here, it's a, yeah. like it's a full-on accident. I've seen it both ways. I've definitely been in cabs in New York that have gone up onto the sidewalk, not like fully all the way, but like enough that like I don't know if, if a person was there, wouldn't it be great? But I've also been in an Uber in L.A. where they someone got out and slashed our tires because my Uber driver cut them off. <laughs> so it's it's really Holy loose. Shit. loose. It's like it's oh, I always think about that when I'm getting into Ubers, Lyfts, random cars. I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. And they could be the one that's ready to slash the tires. Like you I, I you get in some cars and they're just like driving like maniacs. And I'm like, what have I done? I've signed my death certificate getting in this car. Yeah. I that day that that happened, um, it was my driver cut someone off. They this other person got out, slashed the tires. Later that day, I was in another Uber, and the woman who drove it, I happened. We we started talking, and I told her that story, and she was like, "That's why I have a gun in the glove department." And God. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, Jesus Christ!" Yeah, you're just like so, I'm just gonna sit in the back. I'm just gonna sit back here. Suddenly, I have a phone call to take. <laughs> Because I don't want to, I don't want to egg you on. Yeah. Oh, I'm here. This is my stop. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. The destination changed to five feet ahead. <laughs> uh, just to rebuttal your story of weird Uber drivers. One time I was in a car and we were driving in West Hollywood and an Uber driver picked me up and we were like, she was kind of kooky and funny. This was years ago. And we were just like chatting and we were driving down the West Hollywood strip and she makes some comment of being like, the sinner strip. She's like, I hope you're not. She's like, I hope, you, I hope you're not participating in in any of this sin. And I'm like, me like a, a young gay in the back pointing my fingers, like, no, never, ma'am, never touched another man, never drank the poison liquid before, never. In West Hollywood, it's like, I know, ma'am, everyone here is a sinner. I know. Oh, what, you, <laughs> what she had to know that she was she was tossing out oh, a grenade. most definitely, and I'm just like, never. Never. Me, a Christian woman in your back seat? I have never. <laughs> yeah, I just had, well, I, when I was traveling, I just had a driver who all he asked was, are you married? And I was like, uh-oh, here we go, where this is a slippery slope. Because that, I was like, ah, you're asking that in a way that, like, I know where this is going. But uh, I changed the subject pretty quickly. Really? You're like, and uh, yeah, no, married <laughs> to God, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the priesthood. Which I don't feel like I'm necessarily, not that there's anything that's like passing as a gay man or passing as a straight man, but at the same time, I always feel like Uber drivers clock me as a straight man because they're always like, so you got a girlfriend? And I'm like, me? <laughs> it's like, really? Me me back here like breaking my wrist? Right. That's how I feel too. I'm like, my my legs are fully crossed like in the backseat. I'm like. <laughs> my denim is cuffed. This is not a secret. Yeah. <laughs> The shirt is buttoned fully to the top. Like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we're just about out of time. Um, before I let you go, where can people find you and your work and, and all of it? Uh, I'm luckily at Connor Franta, N-N-O-R, uh, across all social platforms. I kind of got that handle, got it on lockdown. Uh, my new book is available everywhere books are purchased. Uh, it's called House Fire, the collection of uh, short essays, poetry, and film photography. So go pick up a copy, and thank you so much for having me. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we could take to make our world a little bit better. 
Barry, what are we highlighting this week? I wanted to highlight the fact that the holidays are a great time to volunteer. So I wanted to mention a volunteer opportunity that I saw that sounds really great, which is delivering meals in New York on Thanksgiving with God's Love We Deliver, which is a nonprofit volunteer organization. Um, So we will link to that specific opportunity in our show notes. But also you can look up some volunteer opportunities in your own cities. You can post them on Instagram and tag us in them and we'll share them. Um, because there's a lot of like meal delivery types of volunteer situations that you can help out with during Thanksgiving, especially during a time where uh, people are really struggling still from the pandemic. So finding ways this holiday season to help out others is really what the holidays are all about. Great use of voice at the end there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's get into some of the TV we've been watching. What have you been watching this week? Oh, boy. Am I so excited to talk about this. You know what's back for season three? Joe Parra Talks With You. Uh, Joe Parra Talks With You on Adult Swim, which is now available to watch on HBO Max, is coming back. It should be out by the time that this episode comes out. Um, I was very excited because I go to a lot of Joe, Dan, and DVD show, which is Joe Para and Dan Licata, uh, their their weekly comedy show at the Bell House. And I had bought tickets to a regular old Tuesday, and then they ended up turning that Tuesday event into a little premiere. So I got to see the first four episodes, and it's so good. It's so wonderful. Our fave, Joe Firestone, has written one of the episodes. She's in the writer's room for that show. She's in it. She's amazing. You all know how I feel about this show. I'm so glad it's back. Um, That's what I'm watching. Yay. Yay. What about you? What are you watching this week? I have been back to watching um, Great British Bake Off. Love it. I'm finally caught up um, watching that week to week. And now, you know, the days are shorter. It's Ugh. it's chillier. So I'm getting into, yeah, my full swing of, of baking shows. So I'm catching Yay. up on um, Halloween Baking Championship, which is the Food Network version, which is way more intense. But I like I like that they both balance each other out because like mm-hmm. Great British Bake Off is amateurs just trying their best and... Halloween Baking Championship and all of the Baking Championship shows are like more professionals just being asked to do the craziest shit imaginable. So it's good. It's a good balance. It covers the full spectrum. Um, What is your non-TV chaser? You know, uh, this week I had both my therapy appointment and my psychiatrist appointment, which is not as frequent. Um, And I just just want to shout out that that sweet, sweet combo. Um, It's been a really stressful couple of weeks and having that support was really great. And also just like having those psychiatrist appointments to better understand OCD and how it affects me every day. And also to recognize that meds are doing wonders and treatment is helpful and great. So just wanted to give a big old shout out to mental health and psychiatrists and therapists, uh, really keeping me afloat here. And I love you all. Uh, thank you very much. And a good night. Okay. What about you? What's your non-TV chaser this week? Um, <laughs> mine is related to what I'm watching, which is the fact that I got my oven fixed. Yay! Has it been leaking gas this entire time? I am afraid to use it now because I. Oh, good. it'll be the first time I use it after it's been fixed. I've alluded to this on the podcast before, but uh, yeah, my oven just stopped igniting at some point. The stovetop worked, but the oven wouldn't heat up. I would hear it clicking and then not igniting. And I submitted a request and they never came and then I never followed up. And so I just haven't had an oven for like three months. And finally, (laughs) I got it fixed. And yeah, it lights, but I haven't like turned it on and like left it on to actually bake with it. Uh But I'm going to try this weekend, I think. Do you know what you're going to bake? Probably a pie. Not sure which <gasps> pie. So if you have any requests or suggestions, I'll, I'm all ears. Anyway, so yeah, my oven and baking and baking season and pie season, that is what is making me happy. Yay. And that's it for today's show. 
So thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get video of bonus first things first stories. You'll get video of extended guest complainer interviews and an entire separate podcast feed of all the bonus stories every single week. So it's like a second day of unhappy hour shit that you get at patreon.com slash Matt Bellisai. You also can buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And as always, you can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get podcasts, follow us, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlena Rebelo, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Su. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. And you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. <gasps> uh, bye-bye. <sighs> At least we have not widely accepted Vegemite. Or Marmite, because I don't care how many fucking Australians have to come to me and be like, oh, actually, you get used to it. I don't want to get used to it. There are so many other options for me to spread on toast or anything else. I don't want a byproduct of fucking yeast because that's what Marmite is, I think.